Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, Soul Talks friends. Welcome to our home. It's here eight o'clock at night and Bill and I just had a conversation at dinner where we often share our peaks and our pits of the day or just things that we are eager and excited to process and listen, be listened to. And so Bill, you shared with me something that I said, we need to go up and share that with our Soul Talks friends. We need to bring this conversation upstairs. And so actually we haven't had this conversation yet. We just started it, but I'm excited about it and I'm excited to share it with our friends who join us on Soul Talks. So you had someone email you and ask your opinion about something. So you put some real thought and prayer and discernment into how you were going to respond to their very pertinent question. And then uh, tell us what happened. Yeah, we, a lot of pastors and leaders have been asking us, you know, what, what's going on in our world? Why are we in these divisive times, this this social chaos, all, all this uh, craziness and conflict and uh, aggression and fear and uh, we're just not don't seem to be able to agree to disagree you know what's what's happened to us and so um yeah i've got four words four four words that represent four uh great great hopes for uh, god's goodness to us and, and what we're missing right now uh, in our world and uh, even in our churches and our families this is going to be good friends because even just last night you know, with the debates and all, Bill, you started to talk to me about some of this, and I noticed some things happening in my brain where I was not having a very positive response to what you were saying, and so I had to, I had to kind of just ask you to hold that, and I just kind of said, you know, I don't have it to listen to you right now about this, and because I knew I couldn't respond in a way that was really loving and grace-filled and I, I my spirit wasn't open to really listen and hear you and so thankfully you know i've learned to be self-aware and to stop and check in and pray and in that case i was able to just set the boundaries so that i didn't didn't say anything that would have been hurtful and not in line with god's spirit so this is important, and I, when you shared tonight these four things that you've been thinking about and praying about, I was excited to talk about them again. So I want to hear them again. So the first word is reality. We live in a world uh, where most people, it seems, do not believe in spiritual reality anymore. Uh, they don't believe that the... Uh, the Ten Commandments are as real as the chemistry tables and the math tables. They don't believe that what is, what is unseen, uh, values like uh, love and justice uh, and kindness and forgiveness are as, as real as things that can be seen. They don't believe that, uh, they might believe in God, most people do believe in God, but they don't really uh, count on the reality of God being uh, interacting with their life today. And so we live in a world where what, what rules the day and w- what we give priority to is our, our preferences, our, our feelings about things and what I want. Yeah, spiritual reality has been a really helpful and important 
learning for me to reorient and to realize much of my life, I've gotten kind of used to the water I live in here in this world and immersed in the physical reality of it and forgetting the real reality of our life that's eternal, that's beyond the temporal physical things of this world, that's beyond our social structures, to actually remember that spiritual reality is Jesus, the Father, the Spirit, all one, eternal, on the throne, good, bringing about their good and great purposes that they have for me too. And I, I get focused into thinking it's about me being on my throne and doing what, you know, what I think is best and good and right, or trusting you on your, with your power and influence and kind of rule to do and lead me and what's good. And I, and I can quickly forget the whole eternal perspective that this life is just a blip on the whole of eternity of the life God has invited and opened us. You're saying that as someone who believes in moral values very strongly, believes mm-hmm. in the scriptures and the, the presence of God mm-hmm. in all that you do, and yet you're admitting that, yeah, and I'm, I'm with you in that. Sometimes I also, I slip out of that, that easy yoke and uh, forget that the kingdom of God is, is really real, mm-hmm. and it, it's more real than the ground I'm walking on. But uh, for people that don't even have that, that belief system, that reference point, that, that training, that uh, uh, learning in how they, how they think and how they relate and how they operate with faith in the world when they don't even believe that the, the spiritual world is, is real. It's not just a subjective feeling. It, it's objective. It, it's factual. It, it, it's history, and it's here and now present flowing right into our lives. The, the, the river of living water is, is flowing at your feet right now as you're listening to us. It flows all through the Bible and it flows right into your life and it's right there to drink from at any time. And that's the Holy Spirit, Jesus says. And so, yeah, the, the, that different understanding of reality, is, it's, really, it's really scary that most people don't think that way anymore. We, we, we wouldn't think it would be, uh, we, we think we shouldn't recite the Ten Commandments or say the Lord's Prayer or any prayer in our public s- schools or anything that has to do with the government pretty much now, because we think, oh, well, that's, you know, that's offensive, or that's just, that's for you, but it's not for me, or... We equate things that we read about in Scripture that are telling us about spiritual reality as just being another philosophy, pie in the sky, or a nice idea, or idealistic, or a utopian. Yeah, as if all philosophies are equally good. But because we're not oriented to, to reality... When we're, we're in this mess, we got a lot of people, they're not living with an eternal perspective. They're not living with an, an understanding that I'm an eternal being and, and so are the people that I disagree with or, or am scared of right now or am angry at. We, we, we just don't uh, look at it that way. And related to that, the second word would be dignity. We, we don't view other people uh, and ourselves as created in God's image. Mm-hmm. Now, probably you who are listening, you probably think that way, but most people in our world are, do not seem to think that way with any sense of uh, forcefulness and uh, operational impact on how they're actually living. 
Well, and especially when we start to view those people as our enemy, when we feel threatened by them, when we feel endangered, when we feel afraid of them, when we feel like they're willing harm for us or doing things that are harmful to us or even to God, then we can real quickly lose sight of their dignity. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the presidential debates or just the atmosphere in our politics and just the... Uh, but it's not just in, in uh, politics and in our society. It's in our, our families and our churches where we have disagreements about things. And that's, that's a natural part of community. But to be um, mean and spiteful and thinking so badly of one another and have no uh, ability to uh, agree to disagree and to respect the, the person that feels like an obstacle or even an enemy to me, but to respect that, well... They have some goodness in them, and they're really trying to do something good and loving and right here. doesn't seem like it to me, but, but to, giving that benefit of the doubt and, and looking for that position of respecting that, the dignity of that other person and realizing that when I have someone that I'm in conflict with, even someone that's an enemy, what Jesus says to me is, well, love your enemy. And he makes it real practical. He says, well, bless the one that curses you. And that we're actually meant to learn to live that out. But you, you can't do it from gritted teeth. You can't do it by willpower. The only way to do that is we have to do some training. And we need a lot of help on our, on our inner person, our, our hurts and our stress points and our needs, and, and to become the kind of person that's living with that, that stream of, of blessings flowing right there. And I'm grateful and I'm praising God because I'm, I'm in that world and my needs are taken care of, and so I can have a thought of respect for this person that, that seems to be so messed up right now. Yeah, what you said there is really important. You said that there's a, a relation between seeing ourselves as dignified within the Lord and receiving the weight, the honor that he gives us, and that there's something in that that enables us to see the dignity of others as well. Yeah, and so these, these are interlocking uh, ideas that are the the spiritual bedrock of our existence to know that God and God's kingdom are real and God's name is Yahweh. I am, I, I am that I am that God is the foundation of existence of, of reality. And, and we can, we can build our life upon that. Jesus said, you know, you can build your life on my words and that's like building your house on the rock. But if you, if you don't build your life on, on the truths that I speak, you're like building your life on the sand. That's at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And we got a lot of people in our world that are building their lives on sand. And what, what's happening in all of the, the crisis and conflict and chaos that's going on now is houses are crumbling. And, and it's just exacerbating the, the wars that are going on. One of the things that is true about reality that our mentor, Dallas Willard, said was that reality is what you run into when you're wrong. And it's painful when you run into reality and you learn that you were wrong. Yeah, I mean, the big one is we, we come to the end of our life and then we're all, we're all going to step into the spiritual world that's <laughs> hidden from us now. And, uh, you know, the love of God will be made manifest to us all. But if we haven't respected and loved God and sought his mercy in this life, then it's going to be difficult for us to, to do so in the next. That's the problem is that we're all getting this formation uh, you know, we wrote about that uh, in our blog recently. We're all getting a spiritual formation, uh, and it starts in our families. We've been talking about that in the family series. 
And uh, that formation really starts to sort of limit our choices because we develop particular worldviews, particular per perspectives and habits and a personality disposition, most of which is, is operating unconsciously for us. And, and so we, we, we make our choices and we, and we speak and, and act out of that, that foundational inner unconscious formation. Yeah, and so many of us have not been treated with dignity even early on in our lives. And so we forget that we're created in God's image, that he's given us all this dignity. And we forget that others have that too, because when we're hurt, sometimes we become people who hurt other people. And we treat them as if they don't have dignity. We forget that they're created in the image of God as well. Yeah, it's so important. Um, so the third uh, word is solitude. Now that might be a surprise to people. Back in the 17th century, Blaise Pascal, the French uh, mathematician, scientist, and uh, spiritual writer and thinker, said that uh, the sole cause of a person's unhappiness is their inability to stay quietly in their own room. Just imagine how different our world would be if most people knew how to stay quietly in their own room and be happy. Be happy because they're loved, because they have a rich and deep meaningful life in worshiping God, in listening to God, and in serving God in whatever ways are before them. Well, they've learned that they're alone, but never alone because they're in the presence of their creator, the one who is the lover of their soul. I had to learn this, Bill. I, I thought of solitude early on in life as punishment. It, it was getting sent to time out. It was abandonment. It was painful. It was shaming. I didn't feel dignity at all when I was alone. And I, I felt I felt pain, I felt hurt, I felt anger in response to the abandonment that I felt. And most people have some kind of wounding around this experience. We haven't been trained, we haven't learned, and what a difference, what a grace it was for me to learn solitude not being abandonment, but solitude actually being intimacy, actually being a special gift of intimacy time with the Lord, my maker, who wanted to help show me the very dignity that he's put in me. And when I learned to be with the Lord and open to the Holy Spirit and receive the wonderful counselors, healing touch and instruction and, and love and honor and calling, all of that within solitude and growing in my awareness of, of myself and God and others has been so maturing so life-changing so fruitful for me yeah you you learn that uh e even as a girl sitting beside a um a brook uh, in the mountains with your mom my mom modeled it for me she she pursued that solitude and asked me to give it to her you're thankful for that uh, quaker tradition that you were yeah. raised with that had yeah. that value yeah yes. and so we we learn solitude through experience and through like in your story christy by being uh, mentored by someone that has learned to do this and to be comfortable with it and it has learned uh, what henry nowen said so uh, clearly uh, solitude is the cure for loneliness they're, they're actually totally different things because solitude you know we're in god's presence and we're emotionally present and alive because of god's love and a loneliness, we're, um, we're distressed and 
uh, feeling bad about ourselves and uh, not able to be uh, emotionally present or uh, think and pray and act in ways that are constructive because we're so insecure and distracted. This is a big part of why solitary confinement is such a, a, a use of torture in our world is because people don't, they don't know how to do this. And I think it's one of the reasons why COVID has people so scared is because if they, if they end up going into the hospital with COVID, they know they're going to be alone. They're going to mm-hmm. have lots of solitude. Well, and because of the solitude that's been forced on us in quarantine and so forth, or uh, chosen out, out of, because we're afraid, or just out of respect for we, we want to keep people safe. Uh, and in those of us that don't know how to, how to do this, we, we're not using the quarantine uh, for, for solitude, for, mm-hmm. for prayer. We don't know how to be bored or restless or feel distressed, which is what happens when you're in solitude. I mean, that's, the why, that's why people avoid being alone and being quiet for an extended period of time mm-hmm. and want, want to keep uh, um, noise on from the, the TV or, or their, um, uh, their, their phone or wherever, you know, something to occupy them, to put noise there, to give them something to do. Or, uh, we, we keep ourselves busy and, and we're it's obsessing. From what they're feeling and thinking that they don't want to feel and think. And instead, God's purpose is with solitude is that we actually would feel, including some of these negative feelings, like like the emptiness that we might feel in solitude or, or anxiety. That, yeah, anxiety, stress from the day and, and memories that sometimes come to us because it's a built-in cleansing process mm-hmm. that, that when we become aware of these things, then we can pray about them mm-hmm. and, and uh, we can get help with them. We can talk to somebody about them. And that brings us to the fourth word, which is empathy, because we need each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, those of you that listen to Soul Talks, you, you, you hear us talk about this and demonstrate this to you week after week, because it's uh, probably the, the most underrated spiritual practice uh, in our world today. It is the least understood. I mean, uh, you can read... Whole, whole Christian books where people feel like they're talking about it, but they're not really talking about it. And, and so it's a very deep thing to understand how to feel your own feelings with grace and then help somebody else do that and how to, how to talk about that. It's not the same as accountability. And in the church, we talk about accountability, you know, making sure that we're uh, doing the right things and being productive and, and there's value in those conversations. But a lot of that comes across as judging and controlling. It's not the same thing. Empathy is, is listening. It's uh, having a soft heart to somebody. It's asking questions. And it really, you know, these four words hang together. And so to be good at empathy, you need, you need to be living in spiritual reality where you're counting on God's em- empathetic presence for you and for the person that you're listening to. You need to respect the dignity of that other person, of course, as well as your own self, and to and to see the good in them, and to see that even in their their sins or their misbehavior or or their uh, foolish behavior or their their sufferings or whatever, that that there's a, a a dignified person there created in God's image who is really trying to do good with their life. When you take the worst person on earth that you could think of, and and if we really get to know that person, we would see how they are trying to do good things. They're trying to be loving to people. And even the evil that they might be doing, they have an understanding and and a rationalization of that as to why it's good and why it's needed. That's the reflection of the image of God in us. 
And so it's out of that dignity now and, and the reality of God's presence that we, we uh, respect the need for solitude. And then that takes us into empathy where because solitude stirs stuff up in the cleansing process of that. And God meant these to work together so that we, we talk with a friend or if we need to, a counselor or spiritual director who's really good at listening and listening prayerfully and uh, emotionally embracing us there because that's the only way that we can have strength to live a fruitful life. You know, we can't, we, we can't bless those that curse us if we're not receiving substantial empathy. And that's one of the problems that people have with the, the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' teachings, you know, turn the other cheek and, and all this, is they don't understand that, well, he's talking to people who are in the kingdom of God. They're, they're in the Father's world. That's the point of the Beatitudes, all these blessings that are coming to us and uh, they all come in the context of compassion and tender empathy. When we're not experiencing empathy for the things that we feel, that, that we're experiencing, then we really don't want to hear from somebody else what it is that they know that we might not know. We're not open to receiving truth or another perspective or help even because we don't feel understood. We don't trust. And when we have somebody listen to us and extend to us an empathy and understanding. They're really willing to be curious and understand what our experience is, why we think the way we think, why we're feeling what we feel. And they're validating that and they're loving us and they're holding that space for us. Then we might open, be open to realize, oh, you know, there might be something here that I'm missing. There might be something here that I might actually even want to ask this person well, what do you think now about what I shared and, and what I think and what I feel and have some openness about it. But I don't care what you know until I know that you care because I won't trust you. Yeah, truth-telling is not loving without empathy and uh, holding people accountable, discipline, advice. They are, are not gifts of grace without empathy, without understanding what that person or those people are experiencing, what they're struggling with, what they're needing, what they're feeling. So empathy is what makes um, uh, conversation, uh, partnership, uh, living together, working together. It's what makes it safe. It's what makes it work. Everything that we do in life has something to do with other people. And it's going to go go better, and we're going to have a better uh, ability to appreciate God's presence in that if we have empathy for one another. Yeah, so, so those are your four words to give us hope and, and a different perspective in these uh, tumultuous times that are, are really uh, upsetting. And these are things, this is what we need to pray for, you know, we need to yes. pray for in our, our, our leaders in, in, in government and the police force and uh, all social service sectors and all areas of the professions and, and law and uh, service sectors. We need to pray for people that, that uh, respect um, morals of loving one another and people that b- believe in honesty and uh, truth and spiritual reality and kindness because it, that's what we're desperate for, all of us. Uh, in in our lives and in our families. Pray for this, practice it, and then lead others in it. Help others to practice it. Teach them. If you if you if the Lord has taught you these things, then the world is desperate to learn from you. And ask the Lord to guide you in living this out and teaching by your example and inspiration. And when people are open, you know, to hear and to receive 
more direct teaching as Because well. every one of you listening to us right now, you are an influencer. Mm -hmm. uh, we know from surveys we've done, we're talking to pastors, church leaders, spiritual directors, missionaries, coaches, small group leaders, of course, parents, grandparents. Uh, we are talking, you have a circle of influence that God has given you. And Jesus said to you, you are the light of the world. And your opportunity is where you are in your home and your neighborhood and your place of work and your church in your community to shine that light and let the, the, the warmth and the color of God, the smile of Jesus, the, the ears and heart of Jesus to come through you to the people around you. And you know what? If, if our light is dim or, or cool, then there is a darkness and coldness in this world that nobody else is going to fill in the same way that you would. That's how important you are. And so these four ideas are this sort of a um, bit of a metaphysical soul talks here. We're talking about some four key philosophical underpinnings of everything that we do and all everything that we think in our in our world. And uh, but they they are worth uh, thinking about and worth uh, doing some uh, experimentation and some training around for our, our personal growth and character so that we can be the kind of people that Jesus has called us to be. And we have some great articles that are free on soulshepherding.org on each of these subjects. I mean, you won't find it under dignity. You will if you search empathy. You will if you search spiritual reality. You've got a great Bible study on spiritual reality. Uh, but dignity, think about love. Just love and respect. Think about that. And there's certainly a lot on solitude as well available. So make use of those resources. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you give us dignity. Thank you that you are the author, the author of our lives and our times. And we can trust you to be writing your story. Show us how to participate with you, Lord. Oh, that we each would would learn to worship you, to, to open our souls to you, to be led by your spirit, Lord. And Father, continue to help us to receive your empathy and to give it to others, Lord, that you would bring healing to the souls of your people and that we would be your agents of healing in our world that's so desperate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And friends, so thank you for being a part of our community and thanks for sharing Soul Talks with your friends. And an easy way to do that is to review this podcast. You just go into, into your app, you search on Soul Talks, so you get into the full library and then scroll all the way down to the bottom and then you're going to find uh, where it says write a review. And it's just simple to click on a, a star rating and make a short comment. And uh, gosh, if everybody listening to me did that now, Soul Talks would like vault to the top of the charts probably with people finding us and uh, learning with us. And so fun to have you in community with us. And so thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. You can visit us at soulshepherding.org to subscribe to our blog and access over a thousand free resources we've created to help you thrive with Jesus. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 